Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with his good friend Lance Lambert from Fortune. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. Housing, housing, housing. Always a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I appreciate you all you do. Uh, what is your Twitter handle so people can follow you? Uh, people can find me at News Lambert or Google Lance Lambert Fortune and find my author page. Awesome. One of the things I wanted to do that uh, I want to share with you something I built that I share for free. Uh, I call it my 52-year spreadsheet. I've gone back to 1970 and collected, I don't know, 20 different metrics, and I cite my sources. Because I often think that there's gems or gold in history. It, it doesn't repeat, but maybe there are some things that we can learn from it. Uh, is it okay if I show you and we can talk about yeah, it? Let's take a look. All right. Let me know when that comes up for you. Oh, wow. It was a lot more data than I thought you were going to throw at me. Yeah. So uh, again, just so you know, uh, I do give this a free. It's in my free course. I didn't know where to put it. So I got all the data. Here's my sources. It's all linked, right? Uh, prices, about, you know, all of this. And then I go all the way back to 1970. So one of the things I re I've, I've heard a lot of lately, which you may have heard of, is the yield curve is inverted most since 1981. Have you heard that? Yeah. So one of the things I do when I hear stuff like that is I go back to 1981. And just a level set, it's here. Uh, and, you know, we can look at a couple of things. Uh, like, for example, where was mortgage rates? Mortgage rates were 16.64% up from 13. So they were up almost 300 basis points from the year before. The other thing that I often talk about is transactions crashing, right? Interest rates up, tr transactions crash. So you can see I have new home sales here in line four, right? They peaked in 78 at 800. They go all the way down to 412. New home, or existing home sales were up at 48. They go all the way down to 24. This is kind of what you and I talked about in past episodes. Zuber's calling a transaction crash. And I did that before anybody else I want to have credit for. Then what I do is I'll go, okay, what's going on with home appreciation? You know, again, we these are nominal, not real. I yeah. adjust, I adjust for real down here at line 25, just because I can, right? But these are nominal home prices. Home prices were going up and they went up in 81, even though transactions were way down. Yeah. So that one, I would almost tell the audience to look at it a little further back because okay. you're taking full 80 to end 81. Mm -hmm. So you kind of you can see it had an effect on nominal decelerating the growth. Decelerate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, part of this is a lot of people in my world that are calling for housing crashes don't understand how slow prices move. 1981, the worst yield curve inversion. And you really started feeling the pain two years later. Yeah. That's one of the things why I why I'm calling 2023 flat because I think too many people have gone too negative too quickly. The other thing I really want to point out is housing affordability. Housing affordability in 1981 was the worst on record. Yeah. Worst on record. What happened? Transactions crashed. Yep. But prices still went up because some deals still got done. So these are things. And then again, I do incomes and um, prices and uh, affordability. So one thing here. to keep an eye on here that I think would be important going forward 
Can we do CPI? Where's the CPI? Set? 20. Row 20. One of the theories for reasons we didn't necessarily get as much nominal decline is they the inflation kind of still stayed elevated a, a little more so. Yeah, um, so we have real here. Yeah. Uh, 25. Home appreciation minus. So again, in real terms, we were negative four years in a row. You know, it's interesting also to see how much the real everybody when everybody's saying real these real indexes vary so much so yours is right off cpi yeah just uh, I, and I, some, and again some are home price to incomes and that's how they do real uh but it, you know that's not oh that's that's not how real that's that's a creative way of doing real that's not how yeah that, that, but that's more what the dallas fed is so when i see them say they're real i gotta go take a look at it from that lens and again, I have what they have. I have median price income ratio. So I have it. It's just not what you consider real. So I have the data. It's just not accurately stated as real. But anyways, I have I, it here because I, I think this index is great. I I think I could get it, help you track down a couple more on the affordability one. So then you have a few different ones because they each kind of vary a little bit. But yeah, but we were very pressurized uh, at those early 80s. Uh, yeah, I mean, you see affordability go up like that. Transactions are going to, I mean, like the, it, that, this is what I saw before anybody else, or at least I, any, anybody else publicly speaking is I saw the fed was going to do what they did. They took rates from zero. They were going to go up three to four. And I didn't even see five at the time. I'm like, that's going to affect the 30 year mortgage. That's going to drive affordability down because affordability is price rate and income. And given the rapid rise uh, it, it, as on a percentage basis that we've never seen before, I knew that transactions were going to crash and be felt first. The other thing that this exercise taught me is people calling for a price crash don't understand that the demand curve has changed. We were doing roughly 4.8 million units in 78. We went to 2.4. That's a different demand curve. And that's what I think a lot of people who are calling 20% crash next year don't get. We won't do 6 million. And oh, by the way, I've got the data all the way out here. 2022 is not over. So that's why the data is not here, right? We did 6.8 million. I'm calling sub 4 million in total transactions. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's fun to look at. But again, I just want to share this with you. This is why I could I confidently called a transaction crash before anyone else and why I'm standing pat with my, hey, we've got crazy appreciation for two years. It's going to be a lot slower than people think on the other side. You know, one thing that I would like to see with the housing forecast is I would love it if everybody was Case Shiller. Everybody used Case Shiller index. But instead of giving us a percent, if they would just tell us where they think the index is going to be in 12 months. Oh, that'd be better. Yeah. Because then, because yeah. like when a bank does an S and P five hundred forecast, they're not giving a percent; they're just saying, "Here's where we think the index." Yeah, is here's going. the number: thirty two hundred, thirty eight hundred, forty three. Yeah, all line them up, and we kind of see where everybody's lenses are. And right now, it's the wild, wild west. We got Realtor.com over here using median existing sales prices. Yeah. Uh, some people are using their own index, like John Burns, uh, and then some use Case Shiller, but they just give us the percents, and they're a little cloudy in yeah. terms of. Like, you know what what you know what timeline they're actually on uh or and then some just the peak to trough uh yeah yeah it, it's not ideal it's kind of hard to see everybody's different models right now yeah 
Well, Lance, I know you have to go to another important call. Where can people find you? Thank you for looking at this. Yeah, I love that spreadsheet. It was a lot more robust than I thought. I I thought you were maybe going to show me one or two metrics. I didn't know you were going to throw all of economics at me over 50 well, yeah. uh, People can find me at News Lambert on Twitter. That's where I spend most of my time. Uh, and, or they can uh, Google Lance Lambert Fortune and find my author page. Awesome. Thank you, buddy.